You're listening to the Nerd Dad Podcast. Oh, Dad, you're embarrassing me again. Did I do that? Hello, and thanks for tuning in. I am that Nerd Dad, Joe Williamson. I appreciate you stopping by for a short 15, 20-minute visit. How you been? You been all right? In Canada, we are kicking ass with this first dose of uh, the vaccine. Highest number one per capita in the world. Uh, in where I am in Toronto, we started opening up a little bit on the weekend. Uh, I personally did not open up, but uh, we're getting there. And I can feel the mood starting to change a little bit. We're starting to turn the corner. Now, does this mean that in three weeks from now, uh, we're going to see another little spike? Probably. Will it be enough to shut everything down? Hopefully not. I read the other day that uh, Canada... Uh, remember, we're a country of 30 million or so, had less than 1,000 cases on a given day. So um, extremely low percentage. And we have now started the push to get those second doses into people's arms. So uh, I was super critical of the way things were going at the beginning. But I will say that now that uh, we seemingly have the doses we need, we are doing a really good job of keeping it organized and getting it into people. Um, I would rather be closer to second dose now than, than where we are. But uh, look at this point, <laughs> what's another, what's another six weeks between friends, right? So I had a good weekend. Um, I did. I had a, we opened, we have an above ground pool, which is quite possibly the most white trash thing I've said on this show. Uh, we have an above ground pool. So we set that up. And then uh, a very kind of proud dad moment. I I taught my five-year-old how to ride a two-wheeler. And I, I went into the whole experience thinking, this is going to take two hours minimum. Uh, I have to, you know, pack my patience <laughs> because... Uh, I have a tendency to get frustrated and I don't want to yell um, because I would want him to like riding a bike. Riding a bike is that small piece of freedom that every kid gets to enjoy. So I, I packed my patience <laughs> uh, and we also packed a great big ass bribe. So he's five. We've been pretty good about keeping him away from video games with the exception of like Roblox and some and uh, some educational games on the iPad. And, uh, but he, he started to want like a Nintendo or some sort of video game system with a controller. So I bought, uh, I believe they're called emulator systems. It's basically, it looks a lot like a Nintendo, but it has 600 games loaded into it. Um, and they all seem like they're kind of Japanese knockoff slash rips. Um, so we bought that and we said, when you learn how to ride a two-wheeler, we will hook this system up, and I will teach you how to play Mario. And I wasn't I wasn't concerned about him being like an expert at riding his bike. I just wanted him to try it, and try it without fear. So we packed this great big-ass incentive into it, and man, was it a good experience. Um, started out on concrete, and just kind of keeping him stable. And getting him used to being on the bike a little bit without two wheels or without without the training wheels, 
then we moved it onto the grass. So there was just like a mental comfort level with if he did fall, it'd be on grass and it'd be softer. And then we found a small hill and I kind of released him a little bit and, and, and staying with him and keeping close, but I released him a little bit. So again, he can feel the momentum and feel his body shifting on the seat. And then once he got comfortable with that, I started asking him what, how he wanted to continue to learn. He didn't really like the hill. He was getting, he was getting uh, afraid of the speed. And, you know, we had, we had a moment where, where he had a good cry because he was getting frustrated because he likes to learn things right away. Um, he's very likely a gifted child. So he catches onto things really quickly. Um, and this wasn't coming to him right away. And this was all of 30 minutes in. And I told him, I said, I wasn't expecting, I was expecting to be here for another hour and a half. So you're doing great kind of thing, you know, super re-encouraging, um, and, and encouraging and, and helping him get through it. And I said, how do you want to learn going forward? Like, how do you want to learn? Um, do you want me to stay on the grass and then maybe push the bike and you pedal? And he seemed more comfortable with that idea rather than feeling like he had no control going down the hill. He liked the idea of me kind of shoving him off and him pedaling to keep up. And that worked really well. And then I started setting like little personal goals. So whenever he would go a new furthest distance, I would put a water bottle down and say, okay, this is, this is what you have to beat. Now you have to get further than this. And that's what we did to kind of keep getting incremental gains and wins. And then, I, then he stopped beating his personal best. And I realized his legs were probably tired. It was getting hot. It had been close to an hour and we were already further ahead than I was expecting to get. Uh, so I said, let's go home. He started walking back to the car. And then when we got to the concrete, I said, you know what, buddy? It's a lot easier to ride on concrete because it's smoother than it is to ride on grass. Why don't we just try one or two times on concrete and then we'll go home? And he was like, all right. Uh, and then gave him a little, gave him a little push, gave him a little push start on the bike. And he took off like a rocket. Oh, he was so comfortable. Um, and it was, uh, it, it brought out, uh, an uncontrollable smile, which it's doing now to me. And, and it also brought out like this uncontrollable laughter from both of us. There was, it was just a really proud moment. So, um, if you are, getting ready to teach your kid how to ride a two-wheeler. That was my experience. That's what I did. Um, the grassy hill thing, I heard from two different people. It worked. It definitely helped. Um, and it helped them understand the concept of keeping your balance. So uh, that's my experience. I want to hear about yours as well. If you've had to teach your kid a how to ride a two-wheeler, uh, how did it go? Horror stories. I love horror stories. I love a good horror story. Reach out to me at that nerd dad, all the socials, all that crap. I love to hear this kind of thing. Um, and if you are teaching your kid, and you're not really sure where to begin. That's how I did it. Reach out if you want any more help. I'm always around. So that was the parenting portion of the show. <laughs> uh, now we're going to pivot because I always talk about how this show is about parenting, politics and pop culture. Um, now we're going to do some politics. Marjorie Taylor Greene, the Republican out of Georgia, uh, visited the Holocaust Museum on Monday to learn that the Holocaust was bad. And she did this 
after a number of comments she made comparing mask mandates to the gold stars that Jewish people had to wear during Hitler's reign. I know, right? What a horrible setup to a conversation. If you're not familiar with this whole process or the, this whole, the whole background here, I'll give you a bit of a background. So on May 25th, Marjorie Taylor Greene tweeted out an article about a Tennessee market allowing vaccinated workers and customers to enter the store unmasked. Employees wear a logo on their name tag to signify they've been inoculated and are allowed to go maskless. Marjorie commented, vaccinated employees get a vaccination logo, just like the Nazis forced Jewish people to wear a gold star. Okay, so gold stars bad, logo good. That's one difference. Also, if employees hated the idea of wearing a logo to say they've been vaccinated, they could always quit. The Jews couldn't exactly say, no thanks, and walk away. Not really an option. The second example of her being a complete cunt uh, was, we can look back at a time in history where people were told to wear a gold star and were put in trains and taken to gas chambers in Nazi Germany. This is exactly the type of abuse that Nazi Nancy Pelosi is talking about. So this was after receiving a formal warning for not wearing a mask on the House floor. And I cannot believe I have to say this, but a warning is not the same as being put on a train to be taken to a gas chamber. The Nazis were not likely going, hey, this is your warning. Stop being Jewish. Stop it. I'm going to count to three. One. Two. Don't make two and a half. Don't make me say three. Stop being Jewish. Three. <sighs> Into the train. Um, <laughs> and Green also tweeted an article about the University of Virginia allowing only vaccinated students on campus in the fall with the caveat that students can get an exemption for religious or health reasons as long as they agree to be regularly tested. She said, it appears Nazi practices have already begun on our youth. This is just fucking stupid. Um... So look, after the horrific comparisons, uh, she visited the Holocaust Museum to learn that the Holocaust was worse than mask and vaccine mandates. Then, then, <laughs> then, during her apology, she revealed she had visited Auschwitz when she was 19 years old. So, <laughs> so she visited Auschwitz when she was 19 years old. So maybe she just forgot that the Holocaust was bad? I know occasionally I'll drop an N-bomb and someone will need to remind me about the history of slavery and I have to go, my bad, you're right, I forgot. Look, the Republican Party has criticized her remarks, but really, who gives a shit? Until she's out of office, they are contoning this type of language and empowering the next generation of white Trash dummies. <sighs> Fuck. It's time for shit you may have missed. So apparently, the people who uh, make the Harley Quinn animated series wanted to put in 
a scene where Batman performed oral sex on Catwoman. And not surprisingly, the executives were like, uh, no. Because the, the quote coming out of this whole thing is, heroes don't do that. So heroes aren't good lovers? They're selfish? Or is it because Batman tried to keep the cowl on and he kept poking Catwoman? According to CNN, the head of the world's biggest family has died. 38 wives, 89 children, and at the age of 76, sadly, his dick fell off. And finally, I want to let you know, I watched The Kaminsky Method Season 3 this past week. Um, I have been a big fan of The Kaminsky Method since it came out. Uh, I I will admit, I watched Season 1 after it won all those awards during the, I want to say, Golden Globes or Emmys that year. Uh, I am a big Chuck Lorre fan. I know it's probably a, a, not taboo thing to say, but kind of cliche. I liked Big Bang Theory for the first four seasons. I did not like the remaining eight or whatever the hell it was. I I very much liked Two and a Half Men when Charlie Sheen was on it. Uh, I really like Bob Hart's Abby Shola. I hope that show makes it. I don't think it will, but I really like Bob Hart's Abby Shola. So when I saw Michael Douglas, Alan Arkin, and Chuck Lorre, I thought, okay, I'll, I'll give this show a shot. And what I came across was a a heartfelt, funny um, dramedy. And I was really hoping we would get at least a third season. I'm glad we did. Um, Chuck Lorre knows how to wrap up a show um, and give, give give some fan service. He doesn't really write super depressing endings or, or he ties it all up. And that's what you get with the Kaminsky method. Season three ties up all the loose ends. Um, it does start with a, a tragedy. Um, but when you're dealing with characters who are, I'm going to guess in their seventies or eighties, uh, you knew some death was bound to happen. But, uh, again, I highly recommend the Kaminsky method. Check it out. If you haven't checked it out. That's it. It's the episode. Thanks for tuning in. You know I appreciate you. Thanks for telling friends about this. Can you believe I'm almost at 100 subscribers on YouTube? Um, and, and I have these dedicated, loyal listeners when it comes to the podcast. You are out there. You are you are in there every week listening, and I, I appreciate the shit out of it. I really do. Uh, I will also add that I started The Wire this past week. I know I'm like 15, 20 years too late on this one, but I started The Wire and I, I I watched The Wire while I walk on the treadmill and holy crap, is that a good show? I know everyone says it, but I'm like six episodes in and I'm already thinking about comparing it to my favorite show of all time, The Sopranos. So uh, I'm, I'm, if you haven't watched The Wire yet, I'm six episodes in and I'm highly recommending it. <laughs> That's it though. As always, I want to thank DeanBlendell.com for giving me a start and uh, letting me get my foot in the door in this crazy uh, recording world that I'm in now. Also want to thank Blue Microphones, powered by Blue, better than I deserve. And I want to thank you, the listener, or the viewer.
None of this happens. If if I'm if I'm in forty weeks in and no one's watching, probably giving up. But uh, you guys continue to drive this forward, and uh, and I appreciate it. it. Keeps me motivated. Thank you so much. We'll talk next week. Be well. Be safe. Thanks for listening. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves. Let's take this outside. A new podcast hosted by me, Marianne Iveson, an aspiring outdoor athlete and nature lover. I speak to athletes, outdoor professionals, and scientists about their connection to nature, how it affects their performance and everyday life. Let's take this outside. Available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, and at letstakethisoutside.ca. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.